1: You're Welcome back to Both Talk Power. We are here in the half of the week to talk about the upcoming slate of games for week two of the Big Ten season. Once again, I'm Steve Braun, aka Thumposaurus. I am with my co-host, Andrew Frischeski, pouring another Mr. Blue Sky because
0: why not? Well, given the slate of games we've got to talk about in the Big Ten 9 Conference, you may as well pour another tall one, because we're not you, you're not gonna be missing much. As we sit here recording, or at least as I was outlining earlier today, four games on the conference slate do not have betting lines because they involve FCS opponents. Several others have lines in excess of 20 points in favor of the Big Ten team. It is, look, this is the kind of week you have to remember and keep in the back of your head if you are ever the type to snipe at another conference's scheduling tendencies. We're kind of heading in that same direction. Like, we still play the nine conference games for now. We'll see how that continues. But uh, there are some real tomato cans here this week. So to begin with, we'll give you the highlight of the interesting ones. Uh, Trust Fun Fight in Evanston. Orange and Blue to-do in Champagne. You can take that nickname and keep it. No no charge. And finally, El Asico, which always manages to be um, of interest. I won't say entertaining. But something always happens in that game that will catch your eye. That's really about it. Most of these other games are going to be absolute direct So we'll run through them quickly. Games that worth discussing. Uh, how about Arkansas State at Ohio State? Minus 43.5 to the Buckeyes as we sit here recording. And if it's that close, it's because Ryan Day chose to call off the dogs. You could say that... It'll be interesting to see if Jackson Smith and Jigba plays. I would assume they're going to be very careful with the injury he had against Notre Dame last week. They have plenty. Given of that other he receivers.
1: had no stats last week, he doesn't have any active streaks to keep up. So, yeah. no, there's no reason he should play. Plenty None. of
0: other receivers. Um, they uh, Julian Fleming was held out with an injury as well. So, they're getting down into their huge pile of treasure at receivers uh, like, like, a little bit.
1: Like Smith and Jigba couldn't get to 1,500 yards in 10 games anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean, based on his track in the second half of last season, he would clear that in 10 games, no problem. So probably not going to be much. Today. This is not the Arkansas State of six, seven, eight years ago where they were producing one Power 5 coach after another and had a run of high-quality play. That just hasn't been them the last several years. They're back to being an unremarkable fun belt team. Hawaii at Michigan, minus 51. If you're watching the Michigan quarterback situation, that's about the only thing you can glean any interest in here. Be interesting to see if Cade McNamara gets the opportunity that McCarthy did last week to intervene in a game that's supposed to belong to his competitor in the quarterback derby. That whole situation still blows my mind and I'm not even a fan of the program, but I suppose you watch that game and derive what you can out of it. Supposedly they're going to name a starter after this game for UConn and the rest of the season. Sure looks like they want McCarthy to win because they're kind of setting it up to happen that way, but I guess we'll see what happens. It's hard to imagine that they can't name their score. A 51-point spread in a game between Division I opponents like Vanderbilt almost covered that number against Hawaii. Michigan's going to do much worse. So And That was at
1: Hawaii, too. Right. So Vanderbilt won once. Right.
0: Um, the FCS games you mentioned, those would be Western Illinois at Minnesota, Wagner at Rutgers, Indiana State at Purdue. Um, Indiana
1: State damn near beat Purdue one time. That was Daryl Hazel, Purdue. That was Daryl Hazel, Purdue, that lost to Tim Beckman to give him his first conference win.
0: Yeah, and then Idaho and Indiana is the last of those. No line on any of those games. If any of them are within three or four scores, that could be a sign of concern for the team that fails to put away the tomato can. But again, really you you can't I can't possibly derive storyline of interest. I don't believe any of these FCS teams are expected to be in serious content. Like, it's not like there's a Dakota involved, right? We've already done that part of the, of the non-con for some reason. Teams still scheduling those schools, even though you ought to know better by now. Uh, but that's not the end of the games that are probably not going to be all that interesting. We do have Maryland going to Charlotte for some reason. Um, Charlotte is a Terrible team that lost to William and Mary last week, so they've taken a loss to an FCS opponent. You would like to see a little bit more play-to-play efficiency from Maryland. They're probably just going to score with the big, long touchdowns like they usually do in the non-con, run up some gaudy number. And make you think for however many seasons in a row that, oh, Mike Locke's usually got those boys rolling, you know, they're recruited, they got, you know NFL guys, receivers, got Charlotte and got have Charlotte was
1: an interesting team a few years ago, but those days are gone. Their offense doesn't have any, I mean, they had Benny LeMay, they had some quarterback of of note. Benny LeMay is now with the Colts, so I don't know if he actually made the roster, but the point is, I don't really have any, anything interesting to watch for on offense either. No. Uh, their defense is very, very bad. Like, the defense is so bad Illinois scored 24 points on them last year.
0: Yeah, I, for JMC purposes, I'm considering Roman Hemby. i considering Tunga vailoa But I don't expect the starters will need to play the whole game. That's always kind of the issue this year. If you play the college fantasy games on a pick-em basis, it's, well, if everybody's playing tomato cans, anybody could get a huge stat line. you got to kind of figure out who's actually going to get enough touches to do so.
1: What coaches are huge dicks? <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's also a relevant question. That's why you always consider Michigan running backs this time of year. Because um, even if they're not going to throw the ball, fuck me, I guess, um, <laughs> you, can definitely, you can count on them to keep their main running backs in for stat padding purposes. So, Ohio at Penn State. The lines are getting a little bit closer to interesting here. Minus 24.5. Curtis Rourke had a very nice week last week. Ohio still not very good absolutely fell off a cliff after Frank Solich retired, apparently having held that program up through the sole force of his will. And now that he's gone, uh, they have really declined in play the last few years. Not a whole lot for me to say about that one either.
1: Yeah, I mean, clearly not... Clearly the lesser Rourke brother, if you've been watching CFL.
0: Oh my God, yeah, Nate is absolutely... (laughs) Yeah, he's a monster. Fire. Um, Yeah, which again, like... I never understand how they determine. I don't know if Rourke is Canadian or what, but there it's, it always seems like there are plenty of highly prolific college quarterbacks. Where it's like, yeah, I mean, maybe the NFL doesn't think you're big enough or your chin isn't square enough or something, but surely you could go to a league where merit actually matters. A lot
1: of a lot of MAC players end up in the CFL, which is another reason it's great.
0: Yeah. Um, but again, hard to imagine there's going to be much of interest there. I suppose... Well, no, I don't even think this is. And I was going to say, you know, this is probably a game where they look to pull Sean Clifford early and get the backup some rep. Is there any intrigue there? But they kind of did name Drew Aller as their backup. So, plainly, he's the type of guy that they don't expect to play out his eligibility anyway. He's either going to start, be a stud, and leave, or not start and go somewhere else. So,
1: Or... You think he'll do the Matt Castle and just stay at Penn State, never start, and then be an NFL <laughs> starter for a decade.
0: I suppose Franklin could recruit over him with a, a big-time transfer or something. Not
1: starter, but clip hold boor, clipboard holder that somehow starts several seasons.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, no, he did start because the year when I lived with my brother during football season, he and his friends all being Chiefs fans, was the Matt Castle year in Kansas City. They had some dark times before Pat Mahomes came along, I will assure you. Oh, uh, well, not even before Alex Smith came along, really. Um, it, was all, it was very entertaining, though, because when I played fantasy football with them, a bunch of Chiefs fans, I could reliably get discounts on any Raider, Bronco, and Charger players that I <laughs> wanted because, like, oh, those teams suck. All their players are terrible. I'm like, yeah, yeah, they sure are. I'm going to take Demarius Thomas in the sixth round. Uh, but <laughs> anyway. Uh, elsewhere, Akron at MSU, I'm going to be going this game because the number of game days I have left before the child is born are quickly diminishing. If it is interesting, I will be angry, so I kind of hope they're able to put this away.
1: (laughs) Akron is super bad. They are. They uh, needed an overtime miracle to escape St. Francis. Division 2. Division 2 St. Francis.
0: So yeah, it's a 34 point spread in Michigan State's favor historically, under D'Antonio, this is the kind of game they would futz around in and win 21-10 to 10 or some shit. Um, Tucker has shown a little bit more willingness to run up the score in games like this. Not, not only because he's willing
1: to take a lot of deep shots.
0: Yeah, he's willing to throw the ball and, and not just plow into the line three times when hey. he has a lead. Moon! Moon. Somebody's, somebody's trying to go in our closet full of Beth and
1: body Works stuff.
0: Hey, you know, when you, when you know you stink, you know you stink. You got to do something about it, right, Moon? Yes.
1: Moon Hound, you absolute, absolute doofus. Moon. So anyway, then there's a game that you can't help but think will be interesting. Georgia State at Nebraska. No.
0: What? Nebraska getting involved in a closer game that they have no business of letting be that close. That would never happen. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to. Uh, It's a 23-point Nebraska spread there. Georgia State's not the worst team in the fun belt, but I don't believe they're expected to contend for it this year. Again, if that game is close, like the North Dakota game was, that'll be another sign the ship is taking on water, and I think then you're on full alert for a meltdown against Oklahoma. I guess we'll see. But, boy, it's not a game that should be close. Yeah, so then we get to
1: the possibly interesting section of the lineup here in Wazoo at Wisconsin. Wisconsin, 17-point favorites in this one. But big emphasis on possibly interesting here because Washington State doesn't look very good right now.
0: No, they had Idaho in the opener and only beat them by a touchdown. They imported, I Forget if he's a Juco or a D2. I think he's a D2 transfer in Cam Ward, a dual-threat quarterback, who's supposed to be pretty good. This is still a program that, like, I have to imagine the fumes from the Rolovich thing remain in the atmosphere, and it's not like they've ever been a program that's been especially endowed with talent. So if the coaching and locker room situation is not absolutely on point, Things are gonna are going to wilt rather quickly. Don't
1: you besmirch the good name of Coach Dickert, the kicker?
0: Yeah, the assistant who decided to be a sane person and stay around and kind of get them a little bit back on the rails while that whole thing was unfolding. But look, this is a program that's heading for Mountain West membership. Um, Washington's not going to bring them along when they come, so. Hey look,
1: while the internet is still like, you know, in a mood where they're forgiving Game of Thrones for falling apart, I'm going to say that every single time I see Dickert's last name, I, I think like, uh, you know, remember when Braun is introduced to Dickon Tarly? Dick Dickon. <laughs> <laughs> just laugh every single time I see that. Um, so anyway, I, I mean, Wisconsin's probably just going to sit on them. There's not really much else to say here. Uh, then there's Duke at Northwestern.
0: Yeah, this is where things start to get interesting.
1: Yeah, so we got two straight really hot betting tips for you. Uh, Duke is a, or Northwestern's a 9.5 point favorite on the strength of, well, largely Duke sucking, but also everybody thinks Northwestern might be good all of a sudden because they beat a team whose coach is bound and determined to coach them out of absolutely
0: any game against anyone, anywhere. Yeah, 9.5 is a lot of points for Northwestern's offense to be giving anyone. I know they got to 31 against Nebraska last week, but I haven't seen a less inspired defensive effort from a team with that kind of talent in a while.
1: Not to mention, North Dakota did a pretty decent job of moving the ball against yeah. Nebraska. Yeah,
0: so it, it may well be that the pieces Nebraska lost end up being bigger lo- You know, guys like Deontay Williams end up being bigger losses than we reckoned at the time.
1: It's It's like... And, 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 you know, I, ima- I imagine if you're a Northwestern fan right now, uh, Duke is like me as an Illinois fan with Northwestern last year. Sure, on paper, this should absolutely be the year, but God damn it, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. <laughs> Better looking Northwestern teams have lost to worse looking Duke teams.
0: Now, Duke did rough up Temple 30 to nothing in their opener last week, but Temple could end up being one of those just god awful teams. I think which, Temple
1: is headed for disaster. I feel which like we, a say, bit of a shame. we
0: say that a lot about group of five teams these days. The speed with which a program at that level can, now just, abs- fall can just absolutely disintegrate. Just crumble I mean. If they miss on a coaching hire, or if they kind of hit on a coaching hire and they have some good players, but they get raided.
1: Uh, they get raided, or they just can't. They hit on a coaching hire they immediately have success get rated again. Yeah. Like, you just can't keep hiring good coaches. It's amazing that Northern Illinois kept as good as they did for as long as they did. Yeah,
0: even Boise State has fallen off from where they were under Peterson and then Harson. Um, so it's, it's difficult that for teams like Temple to maintain good levels of play. is The point we're getting at when we say that Riley Leonard looking extremely efficient for Duke against them doesn't necessarily mean that he's actually any good. I just keep going back to the Hunter Johnson versus Michigan State example. Um, one game against a, an opponent that may turn out to be terrible on defense doesn't necessarily mean that there's a whole lot to worry about there. Again, 9.5 points. It's not like Northwestern has a home field advantage of any meaning. I had the schedule up and looking at tickets for each of these games. I mean, you still the cheapest tickets for Arkansas State at Ohio State, which is a 43-point margin, still $31, according to CBS Sports. You can get into Ryan Field for $5.22, which I have to assume is calculated to hit some number on sales tax or something. Uh, but yeah, man. So yeah, there's
1: a hot tip. I am absolutely taking Duke to cover nine and a half points. I'm not going to get greedy and say that they make me happy
0: by beating Northwestern, but uh, I mean, uh, Northwestern does I mean, lose this game an awful lot. Of they this sure series, do. Kind of regardless of where the teams are. And it is
1: pretty early. I mean, it's September Northwestern now. Okay, August Northwestern, different animal. That's a special (laughs) case. But it's September Northwestern. It's time to lose all the non-conference games, or at least as many of them as you reasonably can. (sighs) Yeah. Unless your opponent, like Stanford that one time, had high expectations. That is not true of Duke. Northwestern loses straight up, no question, in my mind.
0: All right. Virginia at Illinois, the Illini minus five and a half. Uh, or four, four and a half, I'm sorry. Not that that changes your reaction. Um, should be a test case for whether time position matters at all. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. We could have 40 minutes of time possession and lose this game by three touchdowns. They still have Brennan Armstrong. They still have Wicks. They
1: still have the Keaton other, Thompson. Yeah, yeah, yeah only we they only lost Jelani Woods, and our safety got or our secondary got a lot worse. But just judging by what I saw against Indiana, uh, especially in the middle, I mean uh, Kirby Joseph has proven to be very tough to replace. Not to mention a better version of this secondary got torched by two of these three receivers last year. The only thing that gives me a little bit of comfort is that Virginia's defensive line was not very good at stopping the run right. for Richmond and their offensive line didn't really I mean for my understanding they were they were holding on to dear life against the edge rushers for Richmond
0: and those not, rushers, I mean I know that it's, it's generally
1: not, yeah. you get treated like you know I mean, I mean, you know, fighting a lion, I tire and lube. We treat you like your family. We treat you. You'll feel like you're the home team. staying in here. I get that, but it's a bit of an extreme case because I do think we've got a pretty competent pass rush. I do think we're going to be able to, uh, if not get to Armstrong, at the very least, like
0: move him off his spot. Occasionally, make, yeah.
1: Make or, or, or you know. Make the refs really have to search their holes for their souls for just how much they want to not call holding in this situation. Yeah. So I think Illinois does have a chance to win this game if and only if we can get several turnovers. Um, because I think we can run the ball, but honestly, Virginia could probably just go down and score touchdowns in three minutes every single drive if they wanted to. Um, our our secondary is is. Is looking pretty bad.
0: It's this. It won't be like this, but I'm reminded of a Monday night game many years ago. Now, um, the Peyton Manning like peak efficiency Peyton Manning Colts had a Monday night game against the Dolphins when they were running the Wildcat with Ronnie Brown. And oh I my God, I know it the game. Forty three <laughs> minutes
1: time possession, and they lost anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it like the Dol- It's like the Dolphins are running like eighty percent of the time, just dominating time possession, long ass drives on the field forever. and Then Peyton Manning gets the ball, scores in like a minute and a half. And it's like, uh, all right, well, I guess we'll... I mean, the good news is the field if again. they can <laughs>
1: score from anywhere on the field in like three minutes, then it kind of doesn't matter if we can only punt the ball 20 yards at a time.
0: And the, wait, wait, look, so kind of... You'll be looking to see whether the problems that you had are real issues or not. I don't think Illinois is going to lose three fumbles again. You better hope Tommy DeVito doesn't make as bad of a choice as he did last because this offense is not going to have the kind of margin for error to give the ball away four times and expect to win. That it was even a three-point loss to Indiana is only because their own offense was pretty bad for most of the game until they were forced to throw. I think Indiana or Virginia rather, is going to turn to the air much quicker. But I, yeah, your defensive line is much better than what they saw against Richmond and that was a competitive game for longer than it had any right to be.
1: But once the dam broke it broke real fast. I was watching that game with yeah. a lot of interest and that game was deadlocked and then all of a sudden it was very much not it got out of hand in a hurry so and of course you know it's funny I saw, I saw that they've been playing the Illinois fight song loudly in practice all week there they really want to prepare they should just um, they should just kind of play the sound of like wind going through a silent <laughs> landscape because <laughs> boy chirping. there's <laughs> I mean we we we're going to have another losing season and all of our fans know it. It's very early. There is not a chance in hell we're going 6 and 4 the rest of the way. Just none. So it's the exact same thing that we're seeing all the time where we're just going to get, you know, we're gonna we're gonna watch from a distance as as national media gives us ass pats for being so gosh darn competitive in all seven to nine of these losses.
0: You'll hear the words pesky. You'll hear the words feisty.
1: Yeah. Um, the question is, how long can we keep doing this? For how many seasons can this keep up? Because the recruiting profile needs to come up if we're going to ever improve from this level. Um, but in any case, I digress. Um... What uh, I, I don't think that the crowd is going to be much, even though this is a primetime game. And that's super depressing, but also, what else can you expect? It's only going to get worse and worse. I, well, I mean, somebody broke it down and said that the of the Big Ten attendance drop over the last five years, Illinois is responsible for more than 53% of it. Most of the attendance drop is coming from our fans giving the fuck up. You got a big stadium also. So, (laughs) Uh,
0: The other thing that we'll get to in just a moment is the national slate this week is really a little bit thin. The Big Ten's not the only team playing an awful lot of lower tier G5 and FCS teams. So this, a team between two Power 5 teams, even kind of not relevant in their conference contender lists. It's probably going to get a little bit of attention nationally. You want to know
1: how brain-damaged I am? I want to be one of those 5,000 miserable assholes. Don't do it. Don't. I'm not down. going to. Okay. I'm not right. going to, but I sure right. wish I
0: could. Yeah, well, you... No, um, I'll
1: save it for a team that we're much less likely to beat.
0: Okay. All right. You, you were you were at a similar position before the Indiana game, too. You were like, I, I want to go, but... I, don't think I can, and you ended up going.
1: Well, that was lo- a logistical hurdle. Mm, that right. was a logistical hurdle. I would do this
0: solo. Oh, no, you shouldn't do that.
1: Nah, I'd find people in champagne. It's just i need to know that I was meeting up with people to go on a road game. Yeah, all right. So that they could, you know, prevent bad things from happening to me or to right. people around me.
0: <laughs> sure. So, El Asico... Clones at Hawks, Iowa giving three and a half. Uh, this is so. What's the over under ten? Forty and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be positively assy. Not. Only I so, believe it was like,
1: one of the Go Iowa Awesome guys that tweeted something about it. yeah. Yeah, Iowa State fans are going to find it real fucking funny when Petrus goes for 404 against it. And I'm thinking, what, 400 completion percentage and four <laughs> completions?
0: <laughs> I can't imagine that whoever tweeted that actually meant it. Um, we, we it's the
1: kind of thing that could happen, but it's way more likely to happen against my team sure sure or they don't score an offensive touchdown and then all of a sudden the thing that was really bad is suddenly good and they're like thanks guys yeah it could happen
0: and i could trip over a 60 pound gold ingot get on your steps when i'm leaving tonight i mean like I it's guess not gonna I would... happen in
1: one week though for certain
0: no that kind it... of
1: turnaround is not gonna happen in one week and if it does then iowa fans should be even angrier <laughs> because they were just deliberately fucking with them they can interpret if they, if they come out with a tremendous offensive game plan and are actually good, Iowa fans should interpret the opening game game plan as an act of violence against them. Well, like
0: performance art, right? <laughs> um, I the, the thing that make that leaves a little bit of intrigue here is well, all right, what if Iowa does get Gavin Williams back? What if they do get Keegan Johnson back? What if they do get Nico Reganey back? We don't know how bad their injuries are because they tend to be pretty coy about how bad injuries are and most teams are it's not unusual
1: although in iowa's case you don't necessarily know whose fault all of those injuries are
0: yeah it could be that you know petrus threw a ball six feet over keegan johnson's head and he jumped to try to catch it and landed funny but anyway um it's true that Iowa was missing a few weapons last week as we said in the recap i don't think that had the slightest damn impact on what they did because they're still running the same zone stretching with no blocking they were still throwing the same passes with a shitty quarterback It wouldn't have made a difference if they had George Kittle back. Like, (laughs) the offense is bad. It's designed bad. It's executed bad. It's going to be what it is unless everything changes, which it won't, because they win enough games.
1: In four years, you're going to pick Sam Laporta in the first four rounds of a fantasy draft.
0: Yeah, he'll probably have about 30 catches this year. And then he'll go in the second round or maybe even late first of the draft. And yeah, by 2025, he'll be a Pro Bowler. And, the, and sunrise, sunset, and Kirk Ferris will continue coaching until 2040. In the so, weight room,
1: in the community, mm, on, on the practice, the practice field. field.
0: Amen. Um, in terms of the matchup, I don't know a whole lot about Iowa State other than that. They are replacing Brees Hall and Brock Purdy. Um, their new quarterback, Connor Deckers, looked pretty good last week. Extremely efficient performance against an inferior opponent. They have a top receiving threat in Xavier Hutchinson who will test the Iowa secondary much more so than South Dakota state's pretty damn bad passing game if we're being honest like the fa- I mean that's the other thing that we didn't really cover about last week South Dakota state's got one of the five best tight ends in the country and he got hurt very early and was out for most of the game yeah so Iowa state full strength with a weapon like Hutchinson could pose a little bit more of a threat but you usually I mean if if what you say about Iowa's opponent is hey, their offense is going to give you some trouble, that's probably something that Iowa fans are willing to hear.
1: Not to mention, I mean, I don't believe Alan Lazard ever beat them.
0: I don't know why. I don't think he did. I mean, as, as interesting, as saucy as the game has been, there have not been many Iowa State wins. I guess I'll go ahead and look that up on I mean, I nice.
1: am for sure taking Iowa in this game, only because an Iowa State win would allow me to make... A whole lot of hay about the fact that Hunter Deckers sounds way more like Upper Deckers than any quarterback's name has any right to.
0: Yeah, well, you know, the Deckers part of it certainly helps with that, I suppose.
1: Um, Not to mention the fact that Hunter just has the same cadence, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So the national schedule, by far the most hyped and overpaid attention to game of the week, is going to be Alabama and Texas. That's probably not going to be an interesting game, Alabama. The line has moved out from an initial 17 to now 20-point margin. Probably going to end up at least 21, if not 24, by the time the game is played. Um, Steve Sarkeesian has basically already said, oh, well, you know, "Look, our goal is to just be in the conference championship yeah, just, game. Just want to have fun. You know, we, right, we just Let's hope both we'll have fun this weekend, weekend right? Right. right? And,
1: and then as for Nick Saban, what he said about it is, Probably gonna make him sound more badass than he is here, but (laughs) (laughs) people always asking us. People are always asking us about, you know, when if we're concerned that another team knows us, and they forget,
0: we know them. (laughs) So, to put a cap around that thought as to the Alasico series. Uh, Yeah, Iowa State has not won since 2014, back in the Paul Rhodes era. I think Lazard might have been there for that. You know, remarkably, Paul Rhodes actually did have a three out of four game winning stretch against Iowa.
1: Ain't that a bitch? Yeah. You, You get the coach that brings you up from being Iowa State, and he just can't ever beat Iowa.
0: Well, no, what I'm saying is there was a stretch of four years where Rhodes beat him three times. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah.
1: Paul Rhodes, though, was not a coach who ever really achieved anything beyond, like, going six and seven.
0: No, yeah, that was about it.
1: So, to get a coach that goes beyond that, you must sacrifice all of your wins against Iowa.
0: Yeah, I also always forget that Gene Chizik coached at Iowa State for two years. And was terrible. Somehow went one and one against Iowa. In a year, in the time period when they were building up to that Orange Bowl season. And then got the Auburn job. What a strange career. And now he's back coordinating defense for Mac Brown and gave up 40 points in a quarter to App State. Yikes. Life sure comes at you fast sometimes. Anyway, other games on the national slate this week. Probably the other main games of the week would be Florida hosting Kentucky. Florida, of course... Vaulting themselves back into national picture with a win over Utah, going from unranked to number twelve in the country, which is comically hilarious. I mean, okay, whatever, man. It was like a one point, it was a one score win that they needed a late interception to seal. But sure, jump them all the way to twelve. That's not overreacting.
1: I mean, boy, I'll tell you what, Billy Napier seems like one of the best Southern coaching prospects I've seen in a long time. But you know who else seemed like a pretty good prospect? guy who turned around Mississippi State, (laughs) Dan Mullen. And guess what? Like everybody post-Durban Meyer, he had his one great season, and then he was out of there in like two and a half years. Yeah. The clock is running for Billy
0: Napier already. He's already got Florida up to number 12. Dan Mullen, the guy who caused the first number one rated team in the college football playoff rankings to be Mississippi State. That will be true forever. Anywho... Florida Kentucky should be an objectively good game to outside viewers. If you are an NFL fan of any kind and your team needs a quarterback, Richardson and Levis are probably both going to be first round picks, or at least could be in that range. Most interesting game of the week for my money, however, would be Pitt hosting Tennessee in the midday window. Unless you're willing to stay up until BYU Baylor in the 10:15 kickoff. Um, Otherwise, yeah, you know, Houston-Texas Tech could be interesting. Houston's going to be a conference opponent pretty soon. The Red Raiders have been in the gutter for a while.
1: How feisty is App State, really?
0: guess we're going to find out.
1: They play at Texas A&M. That's an interesting one.
0: That's a big mountain to climb. I mean, you have to figure they probably spent a lot of their energy trying to take down North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Texas A&M, as much as they are ultimately destined to be ranked number 13 at the end of the season... Um, Well, that's underrating him, really, but probably a different animal than North Carolina. Um, You can also keep one eye in Kansas, West Virginia, if you're so inclined. I liked what I saw from the Mountaineers in the Brawl. They got a couple skill guys that I really liked. Um, The receiver, Ford Wheaton in particular, his first name escapes me, but made a lot of contested, tough catches. And then, of course, long-term for you... Question is how good is Lance Leipold going to have Kansas next year? <laughs> because they certainly better than Atlanta. have brought a no lot of talent in, and uh, it, they they're not going to be a doormat for much longer. I don't think. Preemptive sickos warning of the week is being issued for Mississippi State at Arizona, kicking at eleven o'clock p.m. Destined by the fact that one team is an air raid to go until about three in the morning, so if you can't sleep. Or you don't want to sleep. That would be the way to go in my opinion.
1: But I'll tell you what is a game that I am not going to sleep on. Just because I I always watch David Shaw-Stanford out of the corner of my eye at some point. Why? Because things like this happen sometimes. Tell me you can't see with all of the David Shaw-Stanford that you've seen... Tell me you can't see number 10 USC and the hottest son of a bitch in the country mm. coming off of a thrashing of the mighty Rice Owls That's with his be-
0: hijacked-ass
1: team going in and losing 10-7 to to Stanford.
0: you got to continue to stay mad, aren't you?
1: Um, I mean, tell me you can't see that. I suppose. Are, are you going to sit here with a straight face and tell me that USC's hottest new post-Pete Carroll coach falling on his face in game two At the big tennis team in the Pac-12. I disagree. Wouldn't be pretty funny. I think
0: Utah's a big tenor team. But anyway, um, I'm sure it would be entertaining. I don't think it's likely because the new USC coach isn't some fail son of Pete Carroll's coaching tree. Yeah. he might actually actually know what he's doing with the talent that he has. His track record suggests that he does. But sure, you can keep an eye on that because weird things have happened. Uh, it would be it would be funny if they if there is a Stanford upset in that game and then you hear you know, there's a dissident faction of USC boosters who demand a return to the Carroll coaching tree. Like, I, sure, that would be amusing to me, I suppose. Um,
1: like, look, just because Oklahoma fans are upset about the Lincoln Riley thing doesn't mean USC fans aren't still nuts.
0: Well, to the extent they're paying attention, which is not much at all. Like, they're yeah. paying more attention than you say, LA fans. But that is a low bar to clear. I don't have anything else to bring to the floor this week. Any other games that caught your attention?
1: Not in particular. Obviously, we're not the only ones having chicken shit Saturday. Clemson's doing one, Georgia's doing one. Um,
0: I believe Kentucky and Florida. It's the only ranked game this week. Texas is still Besides Baylor-Utah. Yeah, baylor Or Baylor-BYU. Baylor, baylor, Baylor-BYU, BYU. yes. So, so ranked,
1: ranked much guys. to my horror, a lot of the country is going to be tuning into that uh, Virginia game.
0: Well, you are going to be up against Tennessee Pitt. Um, Pitt, I don't think, is ranked yet, but... Yeah, they're still... number 17 is what I'm seeing. Oh, are they? Okay, so that's a third ranked game then, yeah. So... I, I gotta be honest. That would probably be the t- the game that I would watch if I was yeah. sitting at home on the couch. I'm gonna be at the game. So. uh
1: ESPNU <sighs> return my angel of eleven of, of eleven o'clock games. <sighs> I cannot start my day. It's supremely hungover at one in the at one in the afternoon without you, Beth Moens. Please, please come and narrate this stupid ass. Three, point, or three touchdown loss for me.
0: God, Beth Moans of a hangover.
1: Ah, yeah, my early 20s. The soundtrack of my early 20s.
0: <laughs> We're on Eastern time here, man. You don't have you don't gotta get up until noon.
1: <laughs> As the Fighting Illini I trail Daryl Hazel's boilermakers by two touchdowns heading into the break.
0: This game brought to you by Pedia Life.
1: Your source for big and tall, it's off Tackle Empire.